I just gave TJ a uh, clipboard with uh, next month's cleaning schedule. If you'd like to be a part of that, I would greatly appreciate it. And I got caught unprepared this morning. I don't have my little microphone on, so there we go. Well, it's tradition to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. But you know what? Uh, I'm excited about today's message. I was spending time with my dad this morning. And uh, man, I got just choked up. So I want to share that with you this morning. But before we do that, um, I want to do this one uh, note of encouragement. Has anybody else got notes of encouragement? I can put the mic on too? How's that? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear myself. That's good. Man, I'm telling you what, this really, this is Ken's day. Ken, you are amazing. Thank you for your uh, example of compassion, kindness, and service. We're so blessed to have you in our body. Happy birthday. Happy Father's Day. Happy Grandpa Day. Happy day to Ken Weibert. Let's give it up for Ken Weibert. You know, it's pretty exciting. You know, Jeff was talking about listening and, you know, Ken was listening in our last men's meeting and man, he just jumped in with both feet to be a huge blessing uh, to the body of Christ, uh, to TJ and his family. We're so deeply thankful. Uh, for the winning hands, but we're also thankful for Ken and Brian and so many others who have jumped in. So with that, a few announcements. Uh, family fellowship dinner has been rescheduled. Uh, seeing how it's Father's Day. What was I thinking? Uh, I should check my calendar when I you know, do the church calendar. So are there any special days in July, uh, like kid day? I mean, every day is kid day, right? So anyway, uh, I have to look, I will. A Drillinger Barbecue, is it still on the 22nd? Is it still at 5-ish, 30-ish, just show up sometime around then? <laughs> okay, all right, I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna keep promoting that. If you didn't go to the, the uh, Drillinger Barbecue last year, man, you missed out. You need to go this year, let me encourage you to do that. All right, Wood Cutting Party, this coming Saturday. Uh, I've been told that some guys are going to be here at 6 in the morning. Okay. Uh, but 8 o'clock is if you want to show up and start. Uh, 8 o'clock would be great. 9 o'clock. But uh, start. And we're going we're gonna to be cutting that or actually splitting that firewood out there and moving it to our new uh, uh, fire. I want to say fireplaces, but what do you call those? Firewoods, uh, sheds, or whatever. Wood sheds. Thank you very much. All right. And so uh, the happy birthday boys this morning are obviously Ken Weibert and uh, uh, Mr. Brian Bragg. We have to give him a hard time on Wednesday. He turns half a century. Man, that's old. <laughs> I wish you were here. So anyway, I didn't mean to offend anybody else who's half a century or more, but I'm there already. I'm over the hill. So I, I can do that, I suppose. All right, so let's sing happy birthday to Ken, and hopefully Brian will look at this. Wait a minute, is there another birthday? <laughs> Gabe, how, I didn't see on my list. 
Oh, oh, okay. Well, Gabe, we're saying happy birthday to you, man. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> hey, uh, if Ryan were here, he'd be all teared up and saying, I thank God that he kept you around. Amen? Amen. All right, so happy birthday. How about how many, happy, how many birthdays is this, by the way? 91 birthdays? Man, you are old. 19. <laughs> 91 is going, you're looking pretty good, dude. For 91. Right. So let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Great. Thanks, Mom. Appreciate it. Romans chapter 8. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. I've been stewing on this, this sermon for about two weeks, and, and uh, this was the perfect time to do a transition from the fear of man and all the uglies of those many fears to the fear of God. And we know that the fear of God uh, for Christians who are faithful is not being terrified, but rather it's that total peace, contentment, strength, courage, devotion, love, and obedience to the one who has and continues to lay his life, his eternal life down for us and through us. So with that, let's read Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Daddy, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Let's pray. Holy Father, I remember the squeals of my boys when they were little, when I'd come home. Daddy's home! Oh, what joy that brought to me. And Father, I pray that we would bring joy to you when we come to you, whether it be in the early morning hours or throughout the day when we're having struggles, and we know we must come to you, for you are the sovereign over all things, or in the evenings, uh, quiet hours before we retire. I just pray that we would have that, that childlike heart, Father, that would love you for all that you are, for all that you have and are doing for us, and all that you have given and continue to give and all that you promise, those which you have fulfilled and those which you are fulfilling. We pray, Father, that we would see you as our, our daddy, that we would be so excited, so thrilled, so eager, so happy, so willing. Father, that's really what loving you, worshiping you, fearing you with awe and adoration is really all about. And I pray that we would get our minds to that point so that we would have such an amazing and sweet response to you that would thrill you 
because of our heart's desire to please you in every way. I ask this in your son's name, Jesus, amen. This morning I was in my office preparing the lesson as I had been thinking about all week long. And there's a, there's a passage of scripture that made me cry. So here's this grown man, bald old man in his office this morning. And he's reading the scripture and he starts just crying and sobbing. And I stopped from my writing as I heard the Lord speak through one of the passages and I prayed very much like that prayer. Just thankful. I'm so richly blessed and I don't deserve any of it. And really, if you think about it, you don't either. But he so desires to bless you. And he finds great joy in your wanting to please him. It's awesome. And so I cried this morning. I don't usually do that when I read the scriptures. I'm usually more academic, more, hmm, what does that look like in my life? And, uh, but not this morning. And so I want to share some thoughts with you this morning from the scriptures. You know, why should we love him with all our heart in all things? Why should we respect him with all our heart in all things? Why? Well, there's a great answer. Why? Why should we want to please him in every respect? Because what it does for him and to him when his children really understand the magnitude of his sacrifice, the magnitude of his love just for you. I want to tell you a little story to start so you understand. You know, I remember when all three of my sons were born, I remember very clearly you know, Andrew, my firstborn, I pushed the doctor out of the way so I could be there as his little head crowned. And the doctor pushed me away and said, I'm supposed to be delivering your boy. You know, do you remember that? Of course, you didn't. You were out of it, man. Just pushed him away. And, you know, I have to be honest, Andrew, I was thinking, oh, yeah, you know, babies always come. Kind of like I had a, you know, cavalier mindset about being a dad. You know, yeah, it's my first baby. You know how it goes. And, uh, and yet, man, I started to cry and I pushed that guy away. That's my son. And then Ryan comes into the world. Man, Ryan was a screamer from, from the moment he breached earth. He is squirming. He was Rambo Ryan, man, from conception, I'm sure. I don't know. Yeah, he's probably kicked around a little bit. And yeah. so, whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Jake was the sleepy one. Jake was the sleepy one. And uh, I'll tell you what, he gave mom and dad a real scare. You know, we, we're always about this, you know, natural birth. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that stuff. I know you have to do that sometimes. Well, Jake decided he was just going to kind of go to sleep and shut down, and all the monitors were shutting down. And it's kind of like Apollo 13. Whoa! All the monitors are shutting down. And so I was there, and the doctor's eyes got that real big, 
And they started pulling everything off and out of sharing as quick as they could do it. I'm going, what in the world's going on? And as soon as I saw her eyeballs going like this, I went, something's wrong. Okay. We got a problem here, Houston. It was like freaking out. And they ran her into the operating room. I couldn't even get out of the place where we were staying long enough to get her to the door. And the door was shut. And the guy said, you can't go in there. And then five minutes later, here I have this sleepy little baby, Jacob. All right. Cesarean. Had to get him out quick. But I tell you, there's one story I got to tell that tells you what happens to God's heart when we love him for who he is and what he's done. You know, when my, my sons asked me for, asked me for, uh, you know, well, what do you think I should do, dad? You know what that does to the dad? Well, it may not do that to you, but it does it to me. I'm like, you want to know what I think? <laughs> and I'm all about it. I'm trying to be a good listener. But I'll tell you what happened one time. I was coming home from a long day, and uh, it's just a tough day. You know, when you're doing two jobs, I was doing full-time work at Willamette High School, and I was doing full-time ministry, preaching and teaching here, like, two or three sermons a week and I do Bible studies. And, you know, really, I'm my wife is so amazing because she knows if we're going to get this thing off the ground, there's got to be that personal one-on-one -on -one Bible study. And so she was okay with that, never seeing her husband. Now, we made family traditions that were very important. When I was home, I was home. You know, it says the dad's supposed to raise up a godly offspring with his wife. And so as you sit and as you rise, you walk through the day, you're supposed to teach your children. And I was doing that as best as I could. And uh, we would always do uh, adventures in the book of Acts or Joshua, the great leader, or David, you know, and Goliath. We'd do all these things and we'd act them out and read them. And, uh, but I do that, you know, half... You know what? Remember when I'd read you guys at night and I'd fall asleep? Or I'd pray with them at night and I'd be praying that the dim offs would stop jumping around like monkeys. I mean, some of you know the dim off family. They were not monkeys, they're sweet people. But but this is what really got me, and this is what I want you to understand what happens when we have children, God has children that are so responsive to who he is. I came home that one day and on the garage door was this big banner that says, our king is home. Big banner. And uh, I was getting out of the car. I was like, wow, this, what's this about? You don't know why? And the door to the garage opens up and Ryan comes out with his two brothers and they're dressed up and he has this crown and he bows down and he says, your crown, our king. Or was it you, Andrew? I can't remember who did that. I thought it was Ryan. I was thinking, Ryan's doing that. And, and Andrew and says, come in, our king. We have dinner prepared for you. And so I came in, and, and there was this beautiful dinner table, all spread, and they were all serving dinner and making sure that the king was well fed. Remember that? After a long day. And then, years later, as my sons get older, they 
travel with me to Belarus and they travel with me like Andrew traveled with me over to the Hammonds and Ryan traveled over with me and Jake traveled with me to Belarus and to see my sons doing the things with little ones that I used to do with them. Flying little Belarusian boys around like an airplane. Telling him he's going to crash land them. And I said, don't crash land them. <laughs> There's no soft spot to crash land them. Don't do that. But he'd, he'd crash land real soft and they'd get, you know. Jacob was a little bit more cooler than that, you know, kind of, you know. But he liked the older kids, so that was cool. But watching them as they interacted, to see they were doing the stuff that I used to do for them. Man, that gets under your skin. You don't forget those moments. When we are like that, children, willing to listen and to watch and to follow. It moves God's heart. So when I was reading this morning in verse 15, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Daddy. When was the last time you in prayer said, I love you so much, and this is why I love you? I love you so much because all of this I have, you have given. I haven't done that too much. You know, when I get into my prayer mode, it's like, man, I got lots of people to pray for and stuff like that. I forget, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be asking Dad for help on behalf of other people. And so, a little embarrassed to share that with you. Did you know that the Bible says that no good thing does he withhold from his children who walk uprightly? That's in Psalms 84, verse 11. He doesn't withhold anything from us. If we are children and desiring to please him in every respect, walking uprightly, man, he just loves to bless. And we should be responsive to that. And you know what's really cool is when we do these little words of encouragement, you know who's really speaking life into Ken this morning? Who's speaking life into Ken? Someone who had the spirit inside of them, the spirit of our father inside of them, moved that person to write that word of encouragement to Ken and the father encouraged Ken because of his wonderful life response to who the father is, sacrificial in every way. Did you know that when we do that, it's the father speaking life into others? It's absolutely amazing to me how he works. Why should we love him with all of our heart? Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 15. We should love him with all our heart because he gave us that wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, his ever indwelling presence. But when we take a look at Luke 15, this is why I got choked up this morning and 
And it's absolutely amazing, the love of a father, beginning there in, in verse 11. Some of you know this one very well. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate, his father's estate that was given to him with loose living. Literally, it says over in verse 30, he devoured his father's wealth with uh, prostitutes and, of course, drunkenness. It reads on and it says here in verse um, 14, Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country. He began to be impoverished. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would, he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving him anything. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I will get up, I will go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father, but while he was still a far way off. His father saw him and, and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him, hugged him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father ignored him and said to his slaves, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fat, fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. The reason I got choked up this morning, as I read that to get mentally prepared to share it this morning, I saw me in that picture. You know, and if, honestly, if you're honest with yourself and honest with God, that's you in that picture. That's us in that picture. Squandered my father's amazing life on drunkenness and immorality and lying and cheating and pride and arrogance. The man that God had created me to be, I wasted on self-indulgence. So this morning I wept as I read that. and I was thinking this, you know, once I was so discontent. I was so rebellious. I was so my own man. And the pain and suffering that came was because of that rebellion. The consequences of all that self-indulgent. Was it the, the chickens came home to roost? Is that how they say it? I think that's the saying. In other words, the crush of my own foolishness. And God understood that. And he sent his son years before to relieve me of that crush. Remember, a murderer is a fugitive unto death. Crush. His love was and is constant. 
He relieved me of that. He continues to help me to remember whenever I read, whenever I pray. And then Romans 8 this morning, Daddy. That made me think of my sons squealing more than once when they were little. They don't squeal anymore. But man, when they get on the phone and they say, hey, Dad, when can we meet? You know, when are we going to have coffee? You know, when do you want to study? Hey, I got some things heavy in my head. I was wondering if I... Man, that's, that's as good as them squealing. Daddy! It's, it's, they've grown into men. And now as that relationship, it's, it's better, it's different, it's richer. It's, it's what I would hope. That's exactly how God feels when we love him that way. We want his help. So we go to him in prayer and say, I, I am so thankful, but I have this need. And so does, you know, Scott, and so does Sharon, and so does, and, and on. He listens. He wants to bless us. It's absolutely amazing. That's why we should love him, because of the amazing gift of life he's given to us, and the amazing gifts of each other and all of the amazing temporal wealth that we have and the health that we have, the freedom that we have. That's why we should love him. Why should we respect him? Why should we honor him? Say, well, for the same reason. Yeah, that's part of the answer. But I want to take a look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Sometimes I wonder if I was, I was too tough on my sons. I wonder that sometimes. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 12 beginning in verse 4. I'm sorry. Did I say, yeah, Hebrews chapter, chapter 12 verse 4. You have not resisted yet to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you, and, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. This is a quote from the Old Testament. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. And so when we have difficult times in our lives, as has already been said this morning, when we have difficult times in our lives, we shouldn't go, why me, Lord? We should say, Lord, teach me what you want to teach me. By the way, did you know the word discipline? Some, some people don't know this. I didn't know this for a long time. Discipline is actually the root, for, root word for disciple, to make a disciple. And so the discipline is to teach. And there's a whole bunch of ways to teach, not just the board of education. Now, some people don't get that. We're going to teach him it says with the rod. Spare the rod and spoil the child. Well, what ends up happening is if you do spare the rod in certain instances, yes, you're going to have a problem down the road. Now, notice I said you don't apply it all the time, but you should always be teaching, always be disciplining, discipling your children. You know what the Bible says, dads? The Bible says when you rise up, when you lie down, and every time in between, you should be discipling. You should be teaching. First, by example, children learn what you live. 
So what's important to you, guess what? Becomes their reality. That's what's important. So if you skip assemblies, if you are always putting everything before other people, it's always about us, they're learning. You're not even teaching them that. Okay, today's lesson is, is that you're more important than anybody else. You don't ever say that. I mean, well, I hope you don't. I don't think you do. I don't, but there have been times when probably I taught that lesson by the way I lived. So dads, when they rise up, when they go to bed, every time in between, show them the sacrificial life of our God, our Christ and our Savior. See, But notice it goes on and it says, it is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Well, there's a lot of them anymore, unfortunately, it seems like. Gentle parenting is the new philosophy. Have you heard that? Gentle parenting. That's the new philosophy. If you're a teacher, if you're a coach, you'll realize it's a miserable way to parent because you suffer the consequences of somebody gently because when you have to teach them discipline, guess what? Monster comes out. You've seen that before, haven't you? Yeah, coach, you've seen that. Well, reading on. Verse 8, but if you are without discipline of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, and I have a big, I have this all colorized right here. Furthermore, we've had earthly fathers to discipline us and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the father of our spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them but he disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness so that we'll get to heaven. Man, he loves us enough to discipline us. We shouldn't be going, why is God letting this happen? We should say, thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to challenge us to grow and become the people that you've called us to be. All discipline from the moment seems not to be joyful. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay, and some say, yeah, it's good, all right. I love it when my dad gets out the Board of Education. No, I never did, all right. But now, because I was disciplined, I became inside disciplined. Discipline from the outside helps to drive the message inside. All discipline from the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, notice some aren't trained by it, they rebel continually, Afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore, straighten the hands, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the, so that the limb, which is lame, may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. You know why we should honor him? We should honor him because he knows what's best. There used to be a show back on television called Father Knows Best. Really? Yeah, it really was. That was the name of it. Father Knows Best. And it was amazing. The kids always appeal to dad. And when they come to talk with mom, she'd be doing what moms do, you know. And she goes, well, why don't you talk to your dad about that one? I mean, I remember that. I watched that show when I was a kid. You're saying, I never heard of it. I know it was back in the Stone Age. That was when we had the Judeo, Christian Judeo culture mindset. Now, who knows best? 
The youngest child knows best. And mom and dad need to get in line. Right? The little tyrant. That's what's happened. Flipped it on his head. See? So notice, does father, does our father in heaven know best? Yes or no? He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows every thought. He has every tear in a bottle. He remembers, he understands. And he is willing to discipline when discipline is needed. And I'm not talking about you pulling your own knuckleheaded, you know, thing. And that consequence comes because you're a knucklehead. But you know the beauty of it is? It's the way God designed things. The consequence comes, which if you're trainable, you will go, I'm not doing that again. Say, it's God's design. It's beautiful in all ways. Why suffer the pain of the consequence? Why his love moves him to discipline us, his, his errant children, so that we'll repent? Is it possible for a Christian not to make it to heaven? Is it possible? Well, do we have examples of that in both Old and New Testament? Oh man, all those wonderful children that he rescued out of Egypt. I don't think they, a lot of them made it. Last time I checked, all those who were 20 years and older didn't make it. Why? Isn't that what it says? They grumbled. They moaned and groaned. Some of them got it in the wilderness. Remember, the ground opens up. Could you imagine seeing that? I think that people would, everybody would repent and go, mm, I'm going to do whatever he says. It wasn't that way. Say, well, that's a cruel God. No, he's not. He loves his children. He wants his children to make it to heaven. I want to close with this, this thought. You know, a lot of people say fearing God, the wrathful God, this is waiting to damn people to hell. Have anybody ever had asked you, well, if God were so loving, why is he going to damn people to hell? If God's that loving, I don't want to follow a God like that. It escapes their notice that God crushed his son in the most painful, excruciating way for you. Now, is that vengeful and hateful? No, that's like, you're more important to me than anyone, including my own precious son. I want you as my own. They, they don't know that. They don't understand that. Turn with me to, to 2 Timothy chapter, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. reading verse uh, 3 and 4. Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God's desire is that all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Does God want anybody to die and end up in the lake of fire? What's the answer? The answer is absolutely not. When someone on judgment day hears 
Depart from me, cursed one, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. He could have said, but he didn't. I did everything in my power outside of changing your will so that you'd get to heaven. But you were hard-hearted. Now, we don't hear God saying that, but is that the answer? Yes or no? Man, he's willing to discipline so that we would be called out of the mess that we would receive salvation. Look at the last one. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. I'm sorry, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise of saving you. The Lord is not slow, as some count slowness, but he is patient with you. By the way, what's the first fruit of love? What's the first character quality of love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Is God patient? Is God kind with you and with me? He's given us another day. He's given us this day. Notice what it says here. He said, the Lord is not slow about uh, keeping his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Our Father in heaven crushed his Son because he wants you in heaven. Our Father continues to give you messages from a multitude of people, from his word, if you read it every day, calling you to change your mind about the way you've been living so you get to heaven. He does not want you in the lake of fire. He does not want all the people driving by this morning in the lake of fire. He sent his son for every one of those people that drove by. He sent his son for every one of your friends. <clears throat> he sent his son for every one of your co-workers that he might be crushed. God loves you that much and he loves all people that much. I don't know about you, but I'm so deeply moved by the gifts that I've been given. As I've shared before, and maybe you're in this boat too, I don't deserve the most amazing wife in the whole world. I don't. I don't deserve my three sons. I don't deserve to be up in front of you. But because I saw that I was such a screwed up mess and I was willing to yield to him, he's changed all that. He's changed me. He'll do the same for you. He'll do the same for us. He'll do that for you specifically. But are you willing to yield yourself to him? As a good son or a good daughter, would do. Remember, children, obey your parents and the Lord. Have you heard this one before, children? Obey your parents and the Lord. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with the promise that it may be well with you and that you'll live long on the earth. Do you remember memorizing that, Andrew? I made my kids memorize that. 
<laughs> Why did I do that? I want my sons in heaven with me. My father in heaven wants my sons in heaven with him. Why do I go out and Bible stay with people? Because God the Father wants them in heaven with him. Brethren, we have such an amazing daddy who loves it when he hears our voice calling out to him. He loves it when he sees us following in his footsteps and blesses us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I have to have that mindset every day. That mindset has been growing in me this last couple of weeks. I've been thinking about this morning. You're saying, really? You didn't have that mindset before? Well, yes, but when you're focused on it, it really grinds on you and you get to see the, the picture, the right picture. Let's be those children because we have such an amazing Father. Amen? All right, let's pray. Our holy God in heaven, how thankful I am for the rich blessing of being your child, your son. And I would ask that you would help me to continue to work on my mindset, to remember that every day so I'd be a better man, a better child, a better servant to others. Father, I ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right, let's all stand up and get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do it. Let's go do it. Now, 